Down to McDavid, O'Reilly parked in front. McDavid walks in, they score! Tipped home by O'Reilly! Overtime winner! And Canada's off to the semifinal! How's it going, everybody? Charging Buffalo Podcast here. I am Luke. And I am Joe, and we are back after a little bit of an absence, but we're ready to talk about some Buffalo Sabres. Yes. Again. Yes, we are. Uh, we, I, hope, I, mean, I hope we don't sound um, too different this week, but um, back to that, that, that old style, away from the stew. Google Hangouts. Google Hangouts. Fact, yeah, Google. Let's call it as it is. Google Hangouts, everybody. Uh, that's what we're back to. Ain't in the stew anymore for a little while. Um, but that doesn't mean the quality's going to dip in the content. Mm-hmm. So, we apologize if there's a little lag here and there, but you know what? You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, we're in the process of getting sweaty with our equipment. Joe has his snowball mic oh, with yeah. the. The windbreaker, if you will. <laughs> With, I even got the arm. The yeah, the arm. arm as well. Oh, it's beautiful. The Jets Worth tied it. Penny. I'm sorry. At the time of this recording, the Jets are playing the Golden Knights. Tyler Myers just scored. Okay. Oh, of That's, course he did. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I had to say that because I'm rooting for the Jets right now. But uh, what do we have on the docket today, Joe? Okay. I just wanted to remind everybody right off the top that the Sabres won the lottery and Rasmus Dahlin is going to be a Buffalo Sabre and mm-hmm. just, I don't know, two more months. They're about, no, yeah. it's May. Jesus Christ. It's May. It's next mm-hmm. month. Rasmus Dahlin is going to be pulling that blue and gold sweater. Oh, you're oh, darn right. He's going to be putting it on. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. But speaking of Rasmus Dahlin, uh, we have partnered with just dish and hockey and we have a new shirt out for it. You all to order, go yes. to over to justitionhockey.com and you can see the Moneyball t-shirt. Use code TCB at checkout and get 20% off. It's a nice shirt. It's got the Swedish crowns on there and it's got the Trey lottery Kroner. ball combination. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they got the lottery ball combination 14614 that landed us Rasmus Dahlin. So, yeah. lot to be excited about. Go buy that shirt, support the cause. And we're also giving away four of the shirts, I believe. Two on Twitter and two on our Instagram at the Charging Buff. If you want to enter, if you haven't already, we should be announcing that in the coming weeks whenever the shirt gets released. Getting quite exciting around these parts. Yes. Imagine if they didn't win the lottery. How depressing, like, talking about this team would be. It was during the season, but, like, you know, this Mm -hmm. young Swedish defenseman really changes everything. There would be no hope at all next yeah. season, but now it's like zero whoa, hope. Look at that. There's reason to care again. Yeah, this one they, guy. He's like this guy has the potential to be the best defenseman in the whole league. Like mm-hmm. that's that's his ceiling, the best defenseman in the entire NHL, and yeah. he's gonna be playing here. He's not yeah. gonna be playing in Ottawa or anything where we have to worry about facing him five times a year and him killing us in the playoffs like they have to worry about that with us like yeah this is great i words cannot describe how great winning the lottery is for buffalo but like, i didn't anticipate this at all i 
barely watched any Rasmus Dahlin highlights, games, anything yeah. during the season because, like, just the odds were stacked up against us. We have the distinguished honor of choosing Mr. Dahlin. Yes, and... they get to pick the guy they want. We don't have to worry about picking Brady Kachuk second overall anymore. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. You know, Ottawa, Montreal. No, yeah, Montreal, Carolina. I don't think Carolina will take Kachuk second, but I'm worried about uh, Montreal fans because, you know, they're not that smart over there, and you never know. Possibly Brady Kachuk goes third overall in Montreal, which would be great for Buffalo. <laughs> but actually, Zadina, or yeah, Zadina would be going to Ottawa in that case. So, you know, Zadina's going to be in the division either way. Unless he goes second, right? I, I am, I'm very much looking forward to this draft. Much more exciting than last year's. I think last year's draft is, it's kind of becoming more impressive in hindsight now. Yeah, I've but, been saying this all along. If you go back last year, I've been saying that 2017 draft got a bad rap from the mm-hmm. media because they they're saying it was guys player, and you, you look, you know, I got future watch in front of me the hockey news the top four prospects are all from last year's draft number one casey middlestat two elias Pettersson, three miro heiskanen four kale mccarr and then five is dylan strom and then there's another string of 2017 picks martin netchess mm-hmm. ellie tolvin and robert thomas cody glass like that was a good draft lots of potentially elite talent at the top end is also currently dealing with a thumb injury. Yeah. And a middle stat, a groin injury as well, if I remember. That's why he couldn't play at the World Championships with Team USA. Right. Oh, boy. Oh. Which is unfortunate, but I would have liked to see middle stat playing with the likes of Patrick Kane, but, you know, it is what it is. USA, they just beat the Czech Republic, I want to say. I haven't really been paying attention. Have you? Um, I have not. I've been working um, throughout most of the games. I'd, I've, I yeah, would have too. liked to be able to tune in. I didn't realize, first of all, how long this tournament goes on for. Yeah, it goes on for two, three weeks, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's I'm it's probably almost been a month. Not, maybe not so, but almost three weeks, definitely. Well, it's, been, it's been at least two weeks so far, yeah. I think. And speaking. Speaking of the world champ, he got the game-winning goal against Russia, I believe. Yes, this last game, McDavid gave it to him. Yeah, yes, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it was yep, yeah. yesterday. Mm-hmm. O'Reilly's having a decent tournament. Yeah, we'll, well get more into O'Reilly it, later. Like a, but it, everyone clowns on the guy, but I mean, he he's still a, a, a in my he's a in player. my estimation, he's a, he's a great hockey yeah. player. And he gets a lot of flack. And later, the more I think about it, maybe we were too hard on him with the whole "I lost my passion for the game." It's well, like, remember, it, remember, this yeah. was right after the season ended, and we didn't know if we were gonna be picking first overall. You know, right, things have cooled right. down. It's okay. It's okay in Saberland right now. What a stupid thing for fans to get upset about. It's, it's a just, a, it's just a, a thing. In the first place, you're making. Almost eight million dollars. He's in actual dollars. He's like one of the highest paid players in the league. Mm-hmm. And you're saying you're losing passion for your love for the game. 
You're filthy rich, man. I don't know. Of right. course, money doesn't cause happiness, but man, that is wow. correct. I yeah. mean, just <sighs> I don't want to get philosophical in this at all, but oh no, no. I mean, it's Jeez. true, but uh, it, still, just it's just stupid to get mad at the guy. He's just frustrated, and I should have said this when this was news. Because this is how I, I, I kind of felt deep inside what I wanted to say. is just how, how stupid was this, this making headlines? In the season, you know, it it was... A, well, the season was over. Thing, yeah, the season was over, and, you know, a guy who's supposed to be a leader on the team is talking about how he's lost love for the game. Like, that's something to talk about amongst fans. Mm-hmm. And that, it sounds like O'Reilly's going to go. And, we'll, of course, we'll get more into that towards the end of today's podcast, but we're going to move on. You want to talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs for a little bit? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I, You aren't watching this game currently, are you? Uh, the, I'm currently in my basement right now, and the TV is not working, so oh, okay. I'm not so, able to watch. Dustin Bufflin just did it again. He just pulled another man off of his goaltender with one arm. Wow. Uh, James Neal just went crashing into Hellebuck, and he... Into that the guy net. is a mammoth. Yes. Justin Bufflin is a freak. Bufflin yes. is a unit. Mm-hmm. He, he he reached into the net with one with one hand and yanked James Neal out. And it was funny because they had the net cam zoomed in on Neal's face, and that was the camera shot that they had going <laughs> when Neal got pulled out. But thank goodness Hellbuck is okay. But this series, this this and of course. I I I'm a Jet supporter. I am a Jet fan, and watching this series, I I haven't had this feeling in a while because the Sabers haven't been in this spot in so long. But with the season the Jets have had and all that stuff, watching them at times just get manhandled these last couple games and completely, how should I say it, outplayed? I guess you will. Reminds me a lot of the 07 Sabres versus Senators, where we just watched helplessly yeah. as the Sabres got picked apart and won just one game of the series. Yeah, but it's like, five. it's like, oh boy, I, I get that feeling again where it's, maybe it's just because they're down, but where are the series going on? Two, and uh, have you been able to watch much of this series? Uh, I've been, I've been watching. Every game this series, actually, I've actually had time. I'm not working nights as much anymore, mm-hmm. but I'm really liking that Washington-Tampa series. It's exciting mm-hmm. hockey. That game one, it was probably the best hockey game I've watched mm-hmm. all year. There, mm-hmm. was, like, there was just a period of time where it was just up and down the ice, so many scoring chances. And like when you're just watching Sabres hockey, for the most part, like it's mm-hmm. just eye-opening. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Even though, this, like, for most teams, that's the usual, but not for Buffalo, which that will hopefully end soon. Right, and it's it's a great goaltender duel, too. Braden Holtby had a bit of a bad season, but he, in my opinion, he's yeah, still one of the best in the world. Seems like he's carrying it around. Oh, fantastic goalie, and, you know, he's Washington's guy, and they're going to probably have to part with Philip Grubauer, and we're probably going to talk about Grubauer later. I believe yeah. somebody asked about the goaltending situation, potential options, so we'll get into that. But I think, and I hate to say this, but Vegas is legit, and I think mm-hmm. they might win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say that. There's no stopping a hot team in the playoffs. 
and they're good too. Like they're they this are. is not fool's gold anymore. I'm pretty sure I've called them that multiple times, but watching them closely throughout the playoffs, like they are just so good. You know, Jonathan Marcher, so that guy's legit. That's a player. Yeah. He's yeah. fast. He can score. Like he's flat out dominant at points. And you got William Carlson who just comes out of nowhere. Like I don't think he ever scored ten goals in a season in his career. Anywhere. Did he have forty this year? Pretty close. Yeah, my God. And like just Vegas, like I, I don't want to give McPhee all the credit, but like he just took advantage of dumb GMs. That's it. Yeah. And like I, it, it annoys me that he was nominated for GM of the year because for God's sakes, they had to take a player from every team. It's not rocket science. You take the best mm-hmm. player and if the team wants to work out a deal with you, you're going to take the deal because it only benefits you. And I don't understand why they're getting so much credit. And you look at uh, Shovel Day off too. I mean, mm-hmm. like you're probably gonna get mad at me, but I think that's ridiculous. Oh so, come on! I I don't know. I'm sorry. You're but, saying right. I'm mad. Yeah, but I think it's ridiculous that he wins GM of the year because, like, I don't know. He people were talking about how this guy should have been fired, or like they extended him, and everyone was mad. Jets fans were mad that Maurice and. Shovel day off works time because he didn't do anything for seven years. They just drafted well, you know what? and hit this. on all. Wait, all, let, let me finish. Let me finish. You know, they hit on all their first round picks, and that's supposed to happen, you know. Yeah. But it took them a very long time. But how many teams actually do hit on all their picks? Uh, I mean, yeah, they really did that's hit on the all their first round picks. If you look back, I can't think of a year where they didn't. I mean, Josh Morris. There were question marks around him, but. He's certainly panned out at this stage. If anything, the and, one you know, person... The, uh, Logan Stanley, that the jury's still out on him, but I don't consider him a top-end prospect anymore. I'd say the jury is still out as well on Jack Roslevic, just because that was... Oh, I, I love Jack Roslevic. Jack Roslevic, uh, 19 on Hockey News' top 100 prospects, too. I think he's good, but... I don't know. Yeah, Time he's not. He's not cracking the lineup consistently, is he? I don't know. No, he's been scratched most of these mm-hmm. these playoffs. But Mark Shifley was the first ever pick they made as the new Jets, and yeah. that was a Seven home run. All 2011, and that was a reach at that point too. If you look back, Winnipeg people were shocked that Shifley went that high, mm-hmm. and justifiably so. He has earned it. Probably yeah. should have gone higher. If you look back. Yeah, he that he guy really turned into a player. That guy, he's yeah. He's you want to talk about players? Shifley is a player. That's a number one center. He is. He yes. can do it all. I I love Mark Shifley. Future captain, in my opinion, he should be hundred percent. Connor Hellebuck. Moving on to him in this series, he has just he's imploded. Mm-hmm. He, as we're speaking, he just let in a another one. Yep. This is just. Oh, uh, this is ringing, ringing the 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 sounds of Dan Cloutier, if you will. Or mm-hmm. this is oof, beach balls, Buck. We should call him because that was just bad. I can't believe Vegas. Vegas is going to win the Stanley Cup. Vegas going is going to win the Stanley Cup, and it's it sickens me because you know Vegas fans they they've never 
experience the pain <laughs> that Buffalo fans have. They haven't lost their two on best the players. <laughs> yeah. So no one gets yeah. offended on the yes. ice. Yes, on the ice. But yes. uh, they haven't experienced losing your two best players on the same day to free agency. They haven't experienced, I don't know. They have experienced no goal. They have they yeah. experienced Game Seven Eastern Conference Final. It's it just sickens me. I don't want them to win the Stanley Cup in the first year. This is ridiculous. It's not fair, not to just Buffalo, but around the whole entire league. You look at the Washington Capitals. They've been around longer than Buffalo. Nineteen sixty-seven, if my memory serves me correct. Yeah, even worse. Like these teams have been grinding it for. 40 plus years and they still have nothing to show for it. And you, mm-hmm. This expansion team just comes out of nowhere. You know, they should have been because you're paying $500 million and the NHL had to give Vegas a good team because, mm-hmm. you know, look what happened to Atlanta. All these failed franchises, Kansas City, like these teams suck mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. out the gate and you're already in a tr- non traditional hockey market. Who's going to want to go and watch a team suck when you can I don't know, just go to the casino and hit up the, I don't know, plus the blackjack tables or whatnot? You know, it's just ridiculous. I, hit I'm the sorry, slots. but this is annoying. Hit the slots. Yes, that's what that was. It. On top of this, the NFL is coming for this market in about two years or so when the Raiders move into mm-hmm. town. So the NHL knows we got to strike while the iron's hot. And obviously mm-hmm. they, the expansion was announced well before this, the, the move of the NFL to yeah. Las Vegas was announced, but still the NHL, yeah, they had a pretty big hand up on the NFL with this, 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 this draft that they gave the, the golden Knights. So yeah. It, it, and nobody it, expected them to be this good, though. Like, most people were criticizing the moves that McPhee mm-hmm. made. I, I know I listened to our reaction podcast from after the expansion draft. Like, we were scratching our heads at most of these picks. And, yeah. you know, it's working out. I remember th- I remember saying they wouldn't be a bottom feeder, but yeah. I, I didn't mean they'd be this nobody not even right fear i thought they'd be like florida panthers good like yeah i i still i'm not gonna contradict myself here i thought they'd be bottom five hundred percent i i'm shocked and this is horrible for seattle because you know you would think that the gms would stay away from side deals because that is how vegas is what they are Making the side deal with Florida to get Marcheso and Smith, the side mm-hmm. deal with Minnesota to get Tuck and Hollow. Those are four top six players that you got just based off of side deals, and you got a bunch of picks and prospects as well. You know, mm-hmm. I feel bad for the Seattle GM because that is going to be a, lots of expectations from those fans, and they're just not going to be able to meet them. And it's unfortunate yeah. because I think Seattle deserves. Uh, success right off the bat, just like Vegas, but not a cup. Please, no. Their first year in the league, and they're this good, this promising. But I don't, I wouldn't even call them promising, really, because, like, if you look at their roster, like, there's expiring contracts, like Neil and uh, Perron, both mm-hmm. of them are going to be free agents. I don't, I would imagine that 
they could sign one of them. Probably not both. I think it would be James Neal. Yeah, I agree. I think Perron will go hit the open market. And but like, imagine if he was both of them. Like those yeah. are two top six players out the door, and you don't even have a farm system or anything where mm-hmm. you know some guy can just come up. Maybe Cody Glass can step in, play third line center for you, but mm-hmm. I don't see any of their prospects coming up in the foreseeable future. I don't think. I mentioned this on the previous show, but I how this so much of this team's success is owed to Flurry. Yeah, could you Flurry has it, been phenomenal. Imagine Mal, Malcolm Subban think he could take them this far. Like, where would they be with Malcolm Subban as their goaltender if Flurry wasn't available? Well, it seems like every goaltender that suits up for Vegas all of a sudden becomes amazing. You know, Malcolm yep. Subban, the people were writing him off as a bust. He got picked up on waivers. Like, yeah. And he had a great year for the most part. Yeah. I'd say so. And, you know, now all of a sudden people are pegging him as the goalie of the future, which, you know, good for him. I liked Malcolm Subban yeah. going into the draft and, you know, good for him. And Boston's probably kicking themselves for waving him. Yeah. So Subban there, and then I think all their goalies got a win this year, except for Dylan Ferguson, of course. But yeah, Ferguson, Oscar Dansk got a win. Uh, Legacy got a win. Yeah, Subban Ferguson. He was a seventh round pick at Dallas, I think, last year. Imagine being drafted in the seventh round, and you just step into the NHL for a game on an emergency recall. It's got to be a dream come true. Yeah. Oh, what a save. Yeah, Ferguson. Yeah, he was in Dallas. That's right. Yeah, he got drafted by Dallas in the seventh round. They played for uh, Kamloops this year, right? The Blazers? Yeah, he was part of the, I want to say, Mark Mathot trade. Yes. Yeah, that would have to be it. Because what else did they make with the Stars? Okay, let's let's get into Sabres talk here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should probably do that. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Playoff talk is always fun, talking about the Vegas Golden Knights, but there are more pressing issues for the Buffalo Sabres. So, first on our list here, New Jersey's for next year? Quite possibly. Uh, Greg Wasinski of Puck Daddy? Is he still Puck Daddy? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I'll look. Uh, Yes, Greg Wasinski. He says the NHL says... We'll have 24 to 26 teams with Adidas third jerseys for the 18-19 season. Some old designs, some completely new. And somebody was kind enough to send this to me in the Charging Buffalo Instagram DMs. And if you look closely, it looks like Columbus, St. Louis, uh, the Canucks, Capitals... Avalanche, Coyotes, Devils, Ducks, Flames, Flyers, Hurricanes, Islanders, Kings. Are you looking at the... In Winnipeg, all getting new alternate jerseys next year. Are you looking at the Adidas style guide that supposedly... No, it looks like a leaked, uh, leaked document that was revealed. Okay. That's from. 
but I think he's yeah. It's, Wyshynski said twenty four to twenty six by my count four eight twelve sixteen. So that's nineteen teams that I just mentioned. So mm-hmm. I would assume the other five or so alternate jerseys are teams that had these jerseys in the past that they're bringing back. Mm-hmm. Like for Buffalo, for example, would probably be the Winter Classic jersey that they wore yeah. on January. I don't know. Uh, I don't think I mentioned Ottawa or O jersey that they wore last year, too. I'm not expecting anything other than the Winter Classic as our alternate. Yeah, that that's my guess. I'm not sure if they would change it up. But what I'm hoping for is a royal blue version of the Winter Classic jersey. I think that would be amazing. I think we'll we'll see that in a few years, uh, maybe nineteen twenty, two thousand nineteen, two thousand twenty. Yeah, ideally, uh, they would do what the Penguins did, use this as their alternate jersey, and then slowly just make it their full time yeah. away and home jerseys. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what Buffalo did in two thousand eleven when they they had that their current jersey. As yeah. their third jersey, and then they slowly made it their main jerseys. So, We've been you know, wearing that forever. It's been so long. Yeah, 2011, they've been wearing these jerseys for. Of course, they did the slight modifications to it this season, but, you know. Well, even when it was an club. alternate, we've been wearing it since 2008, 2009. Yeah, yeah, that's true. My goodness. It's been almost 10 years now. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Okay, we'll move on from the jerseys. Sabres signed Swedish defenseman Lawrence Pilot to a two-year entry-level contract that, with a cap hit of $925,000, the maximum at an entry-level deal, I believe. And, I, you know, this has been out there for a while. They just made it official the other day. Pilot, of course, won Defenseman of the Year in the SHL, which, you know, SHL is one of the best leagues in the world. You can argue AHL, SHL, KHL for second or third spot. And that's, that's pretty good. He led all defensemen in scoring in the Swedish league. And, you know, this guy, and just adding another puck-moving defenseman to the system, I would say he probably competes for a roster spot out of camp. You know, you look at what they have on the blue line right now. It's a log jam back there. And they're going to have to move some guys out. You know, if you look at the locks, like if there's no moves to be made, Scandella's on the team, Ristolainen's on the team if he's not traded. Nobody's taken. And I think it would be like Pilot, Gooley, McCabe, Nelson all battling for those final two spots. And you never know if there's going to be more trades too. So, you know, obviously I think Bull use a goner in that case. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any way he's going to be on the team next year. He'll be waived I'm, if they can't trade him. I'm very excited for for Pilot or Pilot, however you say it. I hope. Yeah, I think it's Pilot. Pilot it is. Yeah. I'm very yeah. excited for him. Just imagine just that Swedish defense that we can have. How beautiful it will be! Oh man, I'm I'm salivating at the thought. How, I I'm getting excited again for next year. I think we got to temper our expectations. I I think they're going to be fun, but I think they're not going to be good. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. that's my fear. But 
you know, unfortunate. But I, have you watched any of hot pilot highlights at all yet? I have watched a little bit. I know that from what I've seen, he has a killer shot. Yeah, I love a it. Good shot. He has a and he great can, shot. He's a good puck moving defense. He can skate the puck up the ice. He can mm-hmm. like there. I think we got a gif of a breakout pass that he did. It just phenomenal. Uh, mm-hmm. Good vision. I'm I'm excited. He's going to be probably be at development camp. He's 22. Well, I, I think this camp is, is going to be fun this year. You look at Darlene Pilot, the 32nd pick in the draft. Middlestat will be back. Nylander will be there. Andrew Ogilvy, who they signed, will probably be there too. You know, it's going to be a fun camp to go to this year. I think this has certainly been one of the better of all the out of the NHL signings that have been made in the the off season for half. Yeah, without a doubt, I mm-hmm. I would. Hmm. You know, Toronto just signed the, uh, that Russian defenseman. I can't pronounce his name, but I hear he's pretty good. <laughs> that Russian defenseman, I can't pronounce his name. That <laughs> narrows it down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think he's playing at the World Championships. And then there's this... I I know we talked about this guy in the beginning of the season. I think it's like... Oh, Kislevich. He, he's like 28. He was supposed to come over, but I haven't heard anything. I heard Buffalo was interested in him, but I doubt that they bring him in since mm-hmm. they got Pilot too. I'm just, I'm so heartbroken that Antipin isn't coming back. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know what? Like, they've ruined him. They what a wasted opportunity. Like he was a talented guy, but like I don't know. Like people would. Whenever he'd be scratched, they'd be like, "Oh, why is this guy not playing?" But mm-hmm. it's not like he's—he's he's not a great defenseman. He's good, but you know he should have been playing. But it's not mm-hmm. like he—it was like a crime that he was sitting in the press box. You know, I mean, when you have like Matt Tennyson in though and stuff, then yeah, it is true. But like, I <sighs> yeah, I think it's confirmed he's going back to Russia, but. I would imagine that Buffalo will qualify him just so they hold on to his rights. Mm-hmm. That, that would be my guess, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they just let him go and then he can come back as he pleases. But I highly doubt he would want to come back to the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, on to Glenn Gullitson, former Calgary Head Flames. Calgary Flames head coach. Uh <laughs> Uh, it was rumored to be potentially coming to Buffalo, but that was shot down by, I want to say, John Vogel. Elliot Friedman reported that there was a contract on the table for Gullitson to be an assistant in Buffalo, and that was shot down. And then Friedman said, oh, perhaps he wants to go closer to where his family is right now in Edmonton. So. It looks like Gullitson will be going to Edmonton. And the similar thing happened last year. I, I want to say Buffalo was going to get Jack Capuano to come and be an assistant coach. Mm-hmm. And I think he might have gone to Edmonton too, but I can't remember. I, yeah. I, I don't oh, know. Wait. He's not in Vegas, is he? I don't think so. I'll look it up. Hold on. Okay. Because he, he, I remember he was, he was with a team that had like, a prom like a, a, pre- a pretty good coaching staff or that had a pretty good season. I want, I, I, for some reason, I it feel like it was Vegas. What's that? It might be Edmonton. I'm looking right Edmonton? now, though. Yeah. Edmonton. Uh, uh I, uh, I, I don't think it, it could have been New Jersey. 
I'm just trying to think of some names that are, that are coming to me here. But I feel like he went somewhere that... Florida. Florida. Okay, Florida. Okay. Associate head coach. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, it sucks to lose out on two guys who would be fantastic assistant coaches. I, I've been saying it for a while now. I think that they should switch up the assistants, but, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Rasmus Dallin changes everything, and it'll all be fine and dandy in Buffalo next year. Yes. But, of course, anything can happen. We don't know. Shall we move on to the hot trade rumors that have been going on this week? Yes, of course. Okay, so first one. Rasmus risked the line into the Edmonton Oilers? Maybe. Uh, Ryan Rashog of TSN, he, I think he was on the radio, and he mentioned that Edmonton wants to go hard after a big-name right-shot defenseman. I would not call Ristolainen a big name. Uh, <laughs> no. Because, like, Ristolainen, like, is viewed as, like, a horrible defenseman in hockey circles around the league. Mm-hmm. You know, some people think he's one of the worst defensemen in the NHL. You know, there's one guy that said, like, if he was a GM and Ristolainen was on waivers, he wouldn't even claim him. So, <laughs> I mean, in yeah. So, Rashogs apparently said that he wouldn't be surprised if Edmonton would trade the 10th overall pick and Oscar Clefbaum to Buffalo for Rasmus Ristolainen. And, you know, I've seen a lot of responses to this rumor. I mean, I mean call a rumor. Editing, if anything, but he was saying people are saying like it's the best trade you could ever make, and people are saying like why would we ever do this? So I'm on the side of you know if you can get ten and Oscar Clefbaum for Ristolain and you take it and don't look back. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but that that's armed robbery. Tenth overall pick, you're looking at a guy like I don't know Ty Smith, Noah Dobson, Joel Farabee. You know, if if a miracle happens, Oliver Wallstrom or Quinn Hughes, Adam Bulkvist slide there, but you never know. Maybe even an Evan Bouchard. And, like, those defensemen, uh, they have the potential to maybe even be better than Ristolainen. You never know. Mm-hmm. And then you're getting uh, bomb on top of that. That's, that's the deal of the century. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That would be a great deal for Buffalo if that was... On the table, and of course, I would listen to the Bobcast this morning actually, and um, Bob McKenzie said that that deal was never on the table; it was just speculation. That Ristolainen deal has not been talked about yet, as far as he knows. I don't think Clefbaum is anything special either. He's just as good as I would say. He's just as good. And I, so, I've been saying I've been saying this all year. Rasmus Ristolainen is not a number one defenseman. I don't even think he's a number two defenseman. Mm-hmm. People talk about how oh the minutes that he plays. Who else is going to play those minutes? Like look at the team, you know. Yeah. Like Ristolainen is a top four defenseman. I think he's uh, a three four guy, but like he has to play the minutes because there's just nothing else. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to put it into perspective. I don't know. I, I'm not sold on the whole idea of this trade. Uh, I'm sure if it happened, I'd be very happy because we'd get the a first round, a good first round selection, and yeah. and still get a good a good player at that. But 
I, I mean, I didn't believe the rumors one bit when I first heard them. And in fact, I was I was like, what the hell is everyone talking about? Cleft bomb for this alliance isn't going to happen in a million years because Edmonton wouldn't be so stupid to make that trade. I don't think. Oh, I think they would be. It's, I know Shirelli is a pretty big Shirelli would have traded but... Taylor Hall for Ristolainen. That was the, that's apparently what the ask was. Ristolainen for Hall. I don't know if you heard about that or not. I but... did not. Yeah, but it's a shame because Taylor Hall is one of the best players in the league now. Yep. <laughs> and there's still people that say, oh, I wouldn't have done it because they're delusional and think he's actually a number one defenseman. Yeah, he's the number was the number one defenseman on this team, but, you know, and that's the best part about getting Darlene because he puts Ristolainen back into his place where he should be on the second pair. Now, may right. that not be right away, but eventually Ristolainen will be where he's supposed to be on the second pair. And maybe Ristolainen will be more effective with less ice time. Yes. Because his, his balls will show less. He'll have a different role. And Dolan will take on most of the, the heavy lifting, if you will, in the, in the defensive game. Mm-hmm. And Jared was talking about this on Twitter the other day. I saw it. And he was like, hey, I think he said uh, something along the lines of, you know, people are talking about how Ristolainen gets all these points. That's because mostly his points come on the power play. Mm-hmm. And when Darlene is here, he's probably going to be taking that spot on the number one power play unit. And that's naturally going to take away a lot of risk Alliance points. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I, I don't think- mean, I don't mean to be hypercritical over risk in here, but of course I, I'd rather keep him than trade him. But if you're getting a deal, you cannot refuse. You have to trade. Him. Mm-hmm. It, like they have to shake up the core. And I think, they're going to explore offers on all these guys mm-hmm. if possible. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Scale one to 10 risk the line and getting traded. What do you think? Oh man. Four. Yeah. I'm going to, I was thinking the same thing. I'm thinking. Like I, I just, I really don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, it would have to be a deal exactly like that. Clef bomb and 10. I don't think they would do it for anything less than that. Can I segue into our next topic here? Yep. Go ahead. I think that's about as likely as us acquiring John Tavares in free agency this off season. Mm -hmm. Lots of people talk about him. I don't happen in a million years. I'm sorry. Yeah. Was it uh, Gord Miller TSN? He was on our, I think he was on the radio in, mm-hmm. I want to say, Montreal or Ottawa. Yeah. And he said that uh, the Sabres winning the draft lottery changes everything for them. And mm-hmm. he said that John Tavares could be attracted to Buffalo because of getting Rasmus Dahlin. They have Jack Eichel. They have Casey Middlestead. They're starting to build that young core of solid players up. And then now you got the number one pick. You got the connection with his uncle to Buffalo. Of course, John Tavares, the lacrosse player, plays for Buffalo, played for the Buffalo Bandits for a very long time, one of the best lacrosse players of all time. And yeah, you got that connection and the proximity to Toronto. If you don't want to play in Toronto, like Buffalo's the next best thing. You're right there and Mm -hmm. you're also in a hockey crazed market. Tavares wants to win and he wants to play in a market where uh, they're passionate about winning and the fans too. So you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Tavares came here, but I mean, is it realistic? Possibly, but if I look at the other options like St. Louis, San Jose, those teams are Stanley Cup contenders if 
Tavares goes there. If Tavares comes here, is Buffalo a playoff team? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they can win the cup next year if Tavares comes. No, and Jer- Darren Dreger said, and this is coming from the uh, Charger Buffalo Twitter, a retweet tweet, said that Buffalo, uh, I, this was on Gordon Miller saying Buffalo would be a top contender, contender for Tavares. And he sees it as a long shot, and that's mm-hmm. why I think I think at this point it's it's an absolute pipe dream for us to get Tavares. I I I, I don't I don't want to say I don't want him, but I just think where does he fit in? You know what I mean? I think you have to if Tavares wants to come here, you have to make it work. Yeah, if you he know, wants to come here, then I don't you, think we need to go out of our way to to woo this guy when we we don't know what Botrol is made of yet. Drafting yeah. wise by himself, I think I'd rather take the shot. And just let what's, Botrell... what's Tavares a top twenty player in the league, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Top, top fifteen, 10. top ten. Yeah, if top 10. a top, if a He's top a ten player, player, if top ten player wants to come to your team, you let him come to your team. Like it's then simple as it that. Yeah, yeah. You don't worry about oh, what, we have to pay Sam Reinhart. No, you trade Sam Reinhart and tr- you trade Ryan O'Reilly and you make it work. Yeah. Oh, we already have Eichel and Darlene and Middlestat. Well, sorry, uh, John Tavares beats out Casey Middlestat at this point in time. So you worry about the cap ramifications later. And... You aren't saying trade Casey. <laughs> no, I'm not saying trade Casey. <laughs> okay. okay. The event where, oh my goodness, how are we going to be able to pay Casey Middlestat? Like, you worry about that later, you know? Right. We'll cross that bridge when you get there. Because like, if you look back, you know, it sounds eerily similar two years ago when. Uh, Stamkos was the topic of discussion amongst fans. Like, oh, we have to pay Sam Reinhart. Oh, we have to pay all these guys. Justin Bailey's going to make it $5 million by that point. Like, no, no. Because, uh, you know, sometimes things just don't work out the way you plan. And, you know, if there's one guarantee, John Tavares is going to be great next year and the year after that and the year after that and the year after that and the year after that. He's going to be a good player for a very long time, and you pay the good players, and you build your team around Jack Eichel, John Tavares, Rasmus Dahlin, and then everybody else, see you bye. You know, like what Chicago did, but uh, minus Brent Seabrook, because you don't want to put yourself in cap jail like the Blackhawks did when they gave Seabrook that long-term deal when he was 28, 29 years old. He's got like six years left. I can tell you one thing that I am certain of, and that is that Tavares will not be an Islander next year. Oh, yeah. I'm almost positive Tavares is going elsewhere. I I think the final bridge has been burned, and all because of Garth Snow. Good job. Good going. Well, you know, if there's one silver lining here for the Islanders, Lou Lamorello is probably going to be either the GM or some president of some sort there. Mm -hmm. So maybe he can convince him to stay. But, you know, if there's one thing that can convince them to stay... Convinced Tavares to say, uh, you look at Matt, what Matt Barzell did last year, and then they have the tenth or the eleventh and twelfth pick, or tenth and eleventh pick in the draft this year. So mm-hmm. there's a lot. Even if Tavares leaves, you know, you still got a solid foundation of young players, yeah, to build around there. If you get some defense and mostly goaltending, really in uh, online in Brooklyn, is not good. Yeah, and no. their goaltending is just on paper bad. though they're good, but on the ice they're not good. That's you know, John, Johnny Boychuk's not getting any younger. 
Right. You know, Nick Letty is a pretty good defenseman. And, mm-hmm. you know, as far as prospects go, they're probably, they're, yeah, they're going to lose, uh, probably going to lose uh, Calvin DeHaan, the free agency. I think Thomas Hickey is going to be a free agent too. So you're losing two of your top four D right there. And then they're paying like these like fringe NHL defensemen on long-term contracts. I want, I forget their name. Uh, played for the Erie Otters. Name is escaping me. I'm sure I'll remember it in a minute or so, but you know, the defense is a question mark and they, don't have that many good defense prospects that come to mind right away. Oh, you know, I got the magazine in front of me. I'll look for it. But, you know, the Islanders, the future's up in the air. Their arena deal, you know, who knows what's even going on there. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the Islanders' top prospects right now. You, you know, you got Elias Sorokin, the goaltender, plays in the KHL. He's a great young goaltender. Yeah, Devin Taves, he's 24, you know, he probably is in the NHL next year, considering that they're losing some guys. And then you got the defense in Sebastian Ajo, which I don't know how he went undrafted twice. This guy's actually a really good prospect, and I'm excited about him mm-hmm. for the Islanders. But besides those, you know, they got drafted Robin Sallow in the second round last year, too. He's a pretty good prospect as well out of Finland, so, you know, if I'm the Islanders, I'm drafting Bodie Wild no matter what. If he's still there with their second first round pick, because you know, or if one of the big time defensemen slide to eleven, I've pulled up the Islanders roster. They've had this season. Brandon Davidson was another one, another one of their defenders. Mm-hmm. Who I, I forgot he, about. He might be a free agent too. I'm not sure. Tomas Hickey is another uh-huh. one. Scott Mayfield and Adam Pellick. Ryan yes. Pollock as Adam well. Pellick. Adam Pellick, they're paying like they gave him like a five year deal. You don't give depth defensemen five year deals. I'm sorry. And then yeah. Dennis, Dennis Seidenberg. Yeah, Seidenberg's a free agent, I think. Yeah, he's thirty six years old. Jeez. You know, they're a mess. And they they're paying Thomas Grice a lot of money for mm-hmm. a while too, so you know. If they lose John Tavares, you know, that's not looking good. Well, Barzell is going to be the face of that franchise then. Absolutely. Can he he handle pressure? Is he going to be able to live up to those expectations? I mean, 85 points. Yeah. That's legit. Barzell's a legit player. Yeah. Yeah, that that is bonkers. Mm -hmm. Nick Luddy at 42 points as well. I love Nick Luddy. I'd love him on this team. Mm Mm-hmm. Anders I, Lee just continues to do it. You know, I part of me was is always saying like, "Oh my god, I wish we could get a guy like Anders Lee." But you know, I just don't want anything to do with John Tavares' wingers anymore because, like, yeah, we've I, just I been bitten by them too many times. Yeah, no, like you just never know. <laughs> you just never ten know. point improvement though on last season. Well, he had, but, he had over forty goals, didn't he? Andres he had 40 Lee. goals this year, 22 assists. Jeez, he was a minus 25. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's not that surprising, though, considering how bad the Islanders' defending goaltending was. So I'm not going to criticize him for having bad plus yeah. minus. But we'll get back into Ryan O'Reilly here. Uh, yeah, I mentioned the Bobcast a little earlier, and Bob McKenzie had some thoughts 
on Buffalo's future going forward with their quote-unquote core players. So Bob McKenzie says, in my mind, the Sabres are open for business. After the exit interviews were done, I think they realized they really need to make changes to their core. I don't think it's a fire sale there, but I do think that if they get a call that's on just about anyone besides Eichel or the first overall pick, they're going to listen. I feel the player most lighter and center, Ryan O'Reilly. He's a core guy, and if you're going to affect the culture change, you're going to need to move out a core guy, which makes sense. You know, you can't just say, oh, we're going to change your culture and then keep the same guys who have been around this losing for their whole entire career. You know, O'Reilly made the playoffs once with Colorado, but, you know, he hasn't even sniffed the playoffs since or when Rear was young. Kenzie continues with, I think the more practical reason why the Sabres are where they are right now on trading, well, sorry, reason why the Sabres are right now intent on trading O'Reilly is that the Sabres are trying to surround Eichel and Darlene with younger players. And, you know, when he says they're intent on trading O'Reilly, he's a goner, right? Is he thinking that? If they're intent on it, then yeah. It's going to be hard to trade one of the best face-off men in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did he break the face-off record or something like that this year? That I feel like that kind of that broke some record. Yeah, and he says he should be the type of guy that will fetch multiple pieces. And what the Sabers are trying to do by surrounding Eichel and Dowling with more players of similar age, this might be the way to do it. Now, the next question is who would be interested in Ryan O'Reilly? And the answer is multiple teams. Everyone needs a center. Two that I would note in particular. So far, the Carolina, I understand teams interested are being told that they would need to be be a Mike Richards to L.A. from Philadelphia kind of deal. He was 26 at the time, and the return was 22-year-old Wayne's old Braden Shen, who was the fifth overall pick and round pick. I think the Sabres are kind of angling for that one really solid young player, one top-notch prospect soon-to-be NHL player, and a pretty significant pick. He says many teams would probably probably want to know if they have a shot at John Tavares before making a move on O'Reilly. Price could go up after Tavares is signed as teams will be more desperate. So, I'm sorry, I just cannot see it. I think he's gone. I don't know about you, but he's done. I, again, I don't want to say he's gone. I, I'm i in the same realm as the Ristolainen thing. Something's got to give, obviously, and something will give, but something I don't know. Something has to give. If they, if O'Reilly, Ristolainen, Reinhardt, Oposo, all these quote-unquote core guys are all on the, on the team next year, like, Botterill's not doing his job. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but one of the core has to go, at least one. Right. And I don't know if you count Leonard in as a core player. I think he's gone no matter what. I, I just don't think they're going to bring him back. I just want to see change. You know, it's it's sad seeing this losing every single year, and I just I just want all the horrific memories of this team gone. Like if if they move out everybody, I don't even care. Keep Eichel, keep Darlene, keep Middlestead. Everyone else can go for all I care. I really don't care at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then he brings up Carolina and Montreal. You know, Carolina entices me more because they're rumored to be open for business. GM Don Waddell, he said that 
they're having trade discussions on all of their players, and you know that includes, excuse me, J- Jeff Skinner and Justin Falk, and I guess they're getting calls on Noah Hannafin too. So I believe everyone's for sale except for Sebastian Aho and Martin Netches, which justifiably so. Those two are phenomenal young players. Aho is the only one who was named as. Yeah. Being not available, but I, I, I suppose they they weren't counting prospects. Yeah, there's no way they would trade Martin Netchess. That guy's going to yeah. be their number one center of the future. I think that he's that good. Yeah, but you know, Carolina entices me more than Montreal because if I look at Montreal, they don't really have the high end prospects that Carolina has, and I don't think that Montreal has the good enough young players on their roster in general. You know, Duran entices me, but they're not going to trade Jonathan Duran. Uh, Galchenyuk piques my interest, but you're going to, I would want more than Galchenyuk for O'Reilly. You know, and then you look on their back and it's not that great. I really like Victor Mete, but would they want to trade him because their defense is pretty weak and, you know, cutting, trading Victor Mete or uh, Noah Juleson. It's like cutting your nose off to spite your face. You're, you already have a hole on your defense, and you're trading them to fix another hole. You know, it sucks, you know, for them at least because they, you know, you had PK Subban, you had Ryan McDonough once upon a time, and you had Mikhail Sergachev, and they're all gone, mm-hmm. which is funny. Sucks for you, Montreal. But anyways, I think Carolina is more likely, but uh, I think Bob brought this up: Would they be willing to pay? Uh, O'Reilly is big money. That's the thing because in actual dollars, O'Reilly's making like ten million dollars. I think this year, year of last year, or this year, and on July first, I believe he's due for a huge signing bonus. So, if I had to guess, uh, they would have to wait until after July first to make the move because mm-hmm. O'Reilly would get his signing bonus on July first, and then pretty much he makes like no money the whole year. And that's something like a team like Carolina would love. They're a budget team. And if they could dodge a bullet paying O'Reilly that much money and then not have to pay him, that'd be huge for Carolina, I think. And I never gave thought to, I don't know, the Sabres ever potentially retaining any salary on O'Reilly. But, you know, I can see it happening now because, like, imagine if they retain, I don't know, a million dollars, like, that's more value coming back to you in a trade. Right, and I think if, if, if it has to be done, then it will be done in the end. I think yeah. that... I, in an ideal world, you don't want to retain any money on O'Reilly, but you know if you have to to get the most value out of it, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you have to pull the trigger. If the deal is there, then you got to do it. It's the, pull the as the great Tim Murray said, if you have a deal you like, you take it. <laughs> Tim Murray also said did not like don't did not like the right deals. Yeah. He's not gonna get his PP slapped by me, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Okay. Just like Ristaline, scale one to ten, what do you think? For O'Reilly getting mm-hmm. traded? I'm gonna say a hard six. I'm gonna go eight point five. It's just there's been no really credible rumors. I feel like nothing, nothing serious, nothing serious enough. I'm hard to impress when it comes to trade rumors. Okay, when Bob McKenzie says 
uh, the Sabres are intent on trading him, he's gone. I'm, Bob McKenzie knows stuff. Like he's he could know that we want to trade him, but he but, hasn't said anything yes. about potential suitors yet. So you need until a I partner to make a trade, yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the Sabres are very it's intent on though. trading Matt Molson. The Sabres are very intent on trading Matt Molson, but that doesn't mean anybody mm-hmm. is gonna come calling and take him off our hands. Good point. That's true. <clears throat> okay, major draft rankings. I posted this on the chargingbuffalo.net yesterday. Check it out if you haven't already. A lot of work going to appreciate if you would click on it, give it a you know, give it a nice rundown. Uh oh, should I go over the top ten? Sure. Yeah. Top ten, top 10. maybe maybe like the bottom five of the first round because those guys could potentially be sliding to Buffalo. Of course, yeah. to no surprise, Rasmus Dalin, number one. Andrei Svechnikov, number two of the Barry Colts. Philip Zadina, number three. Quinn Hughes, number four. So pretty much no change going from April to May. But the big change at number five, where Oliver Wallstrom, I love this kid. If Buffalo can somehow trade up and get Oliver Wallstrom, I'd probably be the happiest guy on earth. Because, you know, you walk out of the draft with Rasmus Dahlin and Oliver Wallstrom. Oliver Wallstrom, I think this guy is going to be, He's. A, I said this in my piece, he's going to be the Casey Middlestad of this draft. I have no doubt about it. Because like, if you look at Casey Mills, that, if you're like, oh, well, why did he go eighth? You know, People are going to be scratching their heads saying, how did Oliver Wallstrom slide to eight or nine? Because this guy, he can rip the puck. He's got probably the best release in the draft. I don't think there's any contest there. And he's going to either BC or Michigan next year. And if he goes to Michigan, like they're going to have Quinn Hughes, possibly Jack Hughes, Oliver Wallstrom and Bodie Wild as well. I mean, like, just hand them the national championship. Just hand it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just not even fair. And I, uh, Wallstrom and Jack Hughes played on a line together uh, for the U18 uh, national development team as well. And that's when Oliver Wallstrom played his best when Jack Hughes was a center. I really hope to get to watch more college hockey this season. I, 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 I never did know not get to watch enough this year, and that upset me, but you know what? I, it is what it is. I know it was like the Big Ten Network and ESPN. Those channels mm-hmm. are hard to find, and so it you know, just skips over your head. Yeah. But uh, next on the list, Adam Bokvist. Uh, I've talked about him a lot on the show. Brady Kachuk, you know, I just, you know, if you look at the other forwards, ahead of Kachuk, like they are what you need in the modern day NHL fast skilled and they can score pretty much. And I'm not saying that Kachuk isn't fast, isn't skilled and can't score, but there's a noticeable drop off from Oliver Wallstrom talent wise to Brady Kachuk. It's not even close. If you compare Oliver Wallstrom and Brady Kachuk in every category. Wallstrom probably wins in just about all of them, except for like character and grit and toughness and physicality. <laughs> like the stuff that mattered 15 years ago. I'm sorry, yeah. but I don't care if the guy's a Bills fan. I really don't. Uh, the stuff Oliver, that uh, Brian Oliver, Yes, truculence. <laughs> Oliver Wallstrom's a better player than Brady Kachuk. Sue me. I don't care. It's the truth. But moving on, Evan Bouchard. London Knights defenseman had a big year for them, 80-plus points. And then Ty Smith and then Noah Dobson rounding out the top 10. And I'll go over some guys that could probably be 
options for Buffalo at 32. Uh, you got Martin Kaut played for the Czech Republic at the World Junior Championships in Buffalo. Really eye-opening for, yeah, he opened the eyes of a lot of scouts, fans at that tournament, played with Martin Nechas and Philip Zadina in that tournament, played very well. And I think he's playing at the World Championships as well, which is pretty good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you got Giant Iconic. You know, what's an episode of the Charging yeah. Buffalo podcast without me name dropping yeah. my boy Giant Iconic? Going to the University <laughs> of North Dakota next year. He's going to have a big year. I think this guy's a sleeper pick. And then you got Jonathan Berger. And I think this guy had a fantastic World Under 18 championship. And I think you know, he like blew away the Junior Swedish League. Blew it away. I, I'm going to see how many points he had. It's like phenomenal stuff that he put up. Yeah, 57 points in 38 games. That's fantastic. I, I really hope we can walk away with that guy, but, you know, probably not. I You know, he should be a first-round pick, but he's probably not going to be a first-round pick, which is unfortunate for him, but, you know, he's not the biggest guy. And uh, Dominic Bach... I think Bach and Berggren are similar players, but Dominic Bach, he can just rip the puck. He's got one of the best shots in the draft. If Dominic Bach is sitting there in Buffalo's lap at 32, you you take Dominic Bach. There's there's no other way to put it. German sniper, he's going to be a good player. Blew away the the junior Swedish league this year. And yeah, Keandre Miller, big defenseman, smooth skater, and he can level the body too. I really like Keandre Miller. Ryan McLeod, brother of Michael McLeod, former New Jersey Devil first round pick in 2016. You know, just like his brother is fast. You know, he can put the puck in the net. I really like him as a prospect. And then rounding out the top 31, you got Matias Samuelson, big defenseman. You know, he played alongside Bodie Wild for a bit for the development team. Yeah, I think, you know, if he's sitting there at 32 and, you know, Bach, Berger, and Tyconic, those guys aren't there, he'd be a can't miss pick. And then there's some other guys. You know, Philip Hallander is another one that could possibly be an option. I really like, uh, what's his name? Kalen Addison. I also like, ooh, Alan McShane. I think he's a really good prospect as well. So those are just some names to keep in the back of your mind for Buffalo's second round pick if they don't trade it. And now we're going to get into some questions. We'll start with Twitter. All right. I think this is the first time we're taking Twitter questions, so this should be interesting. Yeah, I think so. We'll see all Instagram all the time. Yeah. Lots These are of all questions. of your questions. Yeah. Fantastic questions this time around. You guys killed mm-hmm. it. Okay. Here we go. Pulling it up right now. Uh, here we go. Okay. We got nine questions on the Twitter. So John asks... With pick 32, do you think Bach will be there? And if that happens, would you want him in the SHL or WHL, Prince Albert, who has his rights? Thank you guys for all you do. I enjoy reading slash listening. Well, we appreciate that, John. Thank thank you. you. Uh, If Dominic Bach is there, I think he is a pretty easy pick. That's assuming that everybody above him on my list is off the board, which is certainly possible. Now, as far as him staying in the SHL or going to the WHL, I mean, it's a tough call. But I think probably the best for his development would be in Sweden, I would say, playing against men. Of course, but you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out for guys. He played a little bit 
for Vecchio in the SHL this year and it just didn't really work out for him. He played much better against his peers and junior. So maybe him going over to the WHL would work out for him. Because like some guys sometimes just guys aren't ready. And I look at Alex Nylander as a perfect example of that. He probably should have gone back to junior instead of going to the AHL. Probably mm-hmm. need another year under his belt. So maybe going to the WHL Prince Albert Raiders would be uh the best option for him. And you know, you never know with these guys, but right now I'd say maybe going to WHL wouldn't be a bad idea for him. Thanks for that question. We appreciate it. Uh Zach asks, who do we pick at 32? You know, yeah, we went over a lot of the guys. You, you really can't go wrong with anything at 32. There's a lot of guys who should be first-round picks who are perfectly capable of being first-round picks that will be available. I like Dominic Bach a lot at 32, if you can't, if you haven't uh, realized that already. <laughs> uh, should Darlene play the left or right side? Probably going right out the gate, Darlene will be playing the left side because, you know, Obviously, he's a he can he's played the right side in the past in Sweden, but you know the NHL is a different animal. You know it's going to be taking he'll he's going to have to take some time to adjust his game before to the North American ice before he can you know make the transition to playing right defense in a completely new league. Uh, who will be the fourth and third line center if O'Reilly goes? You know if O'Reilly goes, you have to add a veteran center you know what i mean you, you need somebody that's yeah. capable of playing you know second line minutes i don't think you want to throw casey middlestat into the deep end right away i don't know about what do you think about that well i mean that's why you have a guy like like zemius gergensen's around who this is are we talking second this second line here second, we're talking about right line, yes, yeah. second line i mean gergensen's has played up there before lots of people don't like his play but i think gergensen's can still be serviceable i think he still has a role but on a second gergensen's is playing on the second line there's a huge problem that there's a depth prime there but i mean there's I, still guys you, you look at the free agent class paul stastny tyler bozak those are two guys that uh, kind of pique my interest I think a little stastny bit is is going to stay in Winnipeg. Uh, Bozak, I, I, I would guess. I don't think Toronto can afford to keep Bozak. I don't think Bozak comes here, though. I don't think he defects from. Yeah, you Toronto. go. You go to. You go to a contender if you're Tyler Bozak. Yeah, yeah, he's. That he's, probably comes from a trade. Now. You know, I look at a guy like Victor Rask in Carolina as maybe even potentially a part of a O'Reilly trade. You know, he he's perfectly capable of playing second line minutes. I think. Mm-hmm. And he's only getting paid $4 million. That's not that bad for a second, third-line guy. Uh, who is your favorite UFA goaltender that can replace Robin Leonard for a safer 1A, 1B situation with Allmark oh, that comes boy. from Matt? Uh, you know, you look at guys that are available this summer. You look Carter Hutton, uh, you know, Jonathan Bernier, and then RFAs, there's uh, Philip Grubauer. So those are three guys that potentially... Could be a replacement to Robin Leonard. You know, obviously, Philip Grubauer would probably be my number one, but what is it going to take to give up to get a guy like that? If it, depending on the price, of course, I'd go Philip Grubauer, but if the price is just too much, like if you have to give up the second round pick, just go out and sign Jonathan Bernier because I think mm-hmm. he's a perfect tandem goalie mm-hmm. for Buffalo. 
Now, I mean, I'm looking just at a list of just FAs right now that are coming up. There's there's not a lot of guys here who who can start. I mean, Kari Latinen can can platoon. He's coming up. No thanks. No, I'm not saying he should. I'm yeah. saying that he can. You know, he can be part of a platoon of goaltenders. Mm-hmm. But pretty underneath him, there's pretty much nothing attractive. Uh, Michael Hutchinson. Uh, maybe, maybe him. Anton Dobin coming up too. I bet I he mean, stays in Boston, though. I wouldn't be surprised. He has a he has a great role in Boston. I yeah. I don't think I don't I think he'd really be risking his future trying to be a starter elsewhere or mm-hmm. just coming here and. He's a good backup. And, He's a good backup. It's exactly. Very good is. backup. Yeah, but oh. there's uh there's a line there that he needs to stay behind, if you will. Okay, we'll move on to the next one. This one comes from Andrew. He says, which forwards will most likely be able to make the jump next season and have an impact and stick around? C.J. Smith, Sean Malone, O'Regan, Baptiste Bailey, Nylander, or other? Uh, tough to say because we don't know what moves are going to be made to bring in forwards on the team. But as of right now, I would say Sean Malone, one of Sean Malone, Danny O'Regan, have a really good chance of playing in Buffalo next year as the fourth-line center. Uh, I think Baptiste play late in the season. You know, he groomed his game to be kind of a depth guy, bottom six forward, better defensively. I think he has a great chance of making the team. Probably one of Baptiste or Bailey. I think C.J. Smith is a lock just because, you know, there's nothing on the left side. And he should have made the team out of camp. And, you know, one thing that I am going to be firm on talking about this team you, if a player shows up at camp and is good enough to be on this team next year, they have to be on the team next year because I watched C.J. Smith very closely in training camp and in preseason last year, and he should have made the team, and he didn't. But, you know, the last year, forget about it. That was a development year, and that was probably the right decision to send him back, but you cannot do that again. This year with these guys, if Justin Bailey – comes up in preseason and is dominant and is proving that he should be in the NHL, you play Justin Bailey in the NHL. And if he starts slipping like he usually does, you just send him back. Like, it's simple as that. You you have to do what you got to do to win at this point. If I may take a question from Instagram here, can I? Yep, go ahead. All right, this is from Dave the K, defensive free agents. Who should we target? I think. Toby Enstrom would be a nice fit, as well as Alexi Emelin from the Nashville Predators. Can Enstrom still skate, though? I haven't been I, able I to think watch. So. He was yeah. injured a lot this year, I know. Yeah. Emelin was kind of... Uh, I, I would I, stay away from Emelin. I don't, I don't know. So he, yeah. he, I mean, as, um, come on, as a bottom-pairing guy, I don't think he'd be that harmful. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're going to sign any defensive. They they have too many guys as it is right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's just too many. Maybe like a depth guy, like, I don't know, it's like somebody like Justin Falk that isn't Justin Falk, if that makes any sense. Like somebody right. who who can you can just stash in Rochester and bring up. Like I would want to bring Zach Redmond back as that guy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He was fantastic in Rochester, one of their best players. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think they need to add any defensemen in addition to what they have now. They need to subtract, if anything. 
and maybe like make a trade to upgrade one of their guys. Like you can't bring in any extra guys. There's just too many. There's like ten guys that would be on the roster next year. There's mm-hmm. too many. Okay, but anyways, moving on. I believe yes. Mike asks, do you think the Sabers would be a good fit for Michael Grabner? Add speed, wing depth, and PK ability. Absolutely, I would love to have Michael Grabner on the team next year. He'll probably be able. He'd probably be willing to take a short-term deal, one or two years, and it, I don't think it'd t- cost that much money. Maybe three, four million dollars. Mm-hmm. Perfectly fine with me if Michael Grabner's on the team. What about you? I like Michael Grabner. Nice uh, veteran there. Speed. Uh, I'm all about speed. We need speed. This team needs to get faster. And we're not going to be good until we get faster. And Grabner, I think, has had enough success in this league where he'd be a a nice dark horse guy to sign to bring some production and uh, a nice change of pace to mm-hmm. whatever line he's on. And he can score, too. I think he scored yeah. 20 goals multiple times. He, he was mm-hmm. fantastic with the Rangers last two years, came to the Devils. I don't know how good he did there. I didn't really watch much of him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's a player. He's a good player. And... You know, if Buffalo got was able to sign him, I'd be excited. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then John comes at us again. He says, I assume it's already in the works or been decided that Darlene will have a parent come over with him too. Should the club target a veteran Swede, someone to bring to help him acclimate to the change, do you think the club should or will shield him from the media as well? I would assume that they would bring they would like find a family for him to stay with but like mm-hmm. i would like, i think lion a did this i think his mom came over to winnipeg with him and lived with him for the year yep but like uh, there's probably got to be a swedish family out there that'd be willing to take him in any family for that matter like if Darlene wanted to stay at my house absolutely yeah go ahead <laughs> come on in I, I got an extra room you can sleep on my yeah. floor it's all good. yeah sleep in my bed no, 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 no. Yes, yes, he can sleep. I'll sleep on the floor. He can sleep in my bed. Yeah, so I'll good. give you my bed. I have a beanbag okay. chair right now. I could fit into that. Targeting a veteran Swede, though. I'll have to look into that. Veteran, I didn't really... Yeah, I know. I was looking up. Uh, I, I, I was. I looked up Andre Suster. He's Czech. I thought he yeah. was looking, uh, to see. But. Uh, I, I don't know. Really that could be intriguing because. Oscar, Oscar Clefbaum count as a veteran Swede? Possibly? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's been around a while. Mm-hmm. So, first round pick, Oscar Clefbaum. Yeah, him. I mean, I know wait, Robin Leonard has a family. Oh, uh, yeah, that makes it Robin you know, Leonard. You can live with Robin Leonard. Yeah. Johan Larson, he's here. No, if Johan Larson is still on the team next year, I'm moving. He's away here another that. year. He yes, has he's a contract. Year. <laughs> yeah. That could be, I mean, to play. <laughs> you just send him to Robida Island. Just say he has to play. I mean, get it. Just send him uh, to Robida Island. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, he's and then a different job. Oh, he's we him to get rent paid from Dolan. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then a different John. He says, "Oh, thank other John. Thanks for those questions. We appreciate your support." Other John asks, uh, "How much slack should we be giving Nylander? So." I think Nylander, like, fans are being a little tough on him, and, I mean, like, it's justifiably so because, like, he had a really, really rough year last year. Really rough year. And, of course, he had that groin injury in training camp, and, you know, that, it sucks. You know, stuff like that happens, and 
he was just not the same after it. I don't know if they rushed him back too early. Like he, they were supposed to be out. He was supposed to be out like now two, three weeks, and he was out for like two, three months. Mm-hmm. So maybe they should have just sidelined him a little longer because like. He was supposed to be competing for a spot in Buffalo, and then all of a sudden he comes back to Rochester. He's starting on the fourth line. He's got to make his way back up. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Nealer's competing spot on the team out of camp next year because I know this guy is hungry and wants to be in the NHL next year, and I think he, he certainly has the talent to do it, but does he have the will and the heart to do it? That's the real question. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I wasn't that impressed with his work on the in the big club towards. He the was fine. Year. I thought he was fine. He was mm-hmm. wasn't terrible by any. I mean, you still see the raw parts of his game though. That if you're gonna be, yeah, he's got stuff to work on. He's mm-hmm. he's twenty. I I mean, like people are giving up on him. Or I'm not. I have I own two Alex Nylander jerseys for crying out loud. <laughs> I'm not giving up on him. But you know, it's disappointing. Like you're you're watching the playoffs and Mikhail Sergachev is. Scoring goals and you know Charlie McAvoy had another good season, another strong playoff run with Boston. You know it sucks. Like there's impact players that were drafted after him that are doing well, and Nylander's struggling in the AHL had a horrifically bad playoff run and is inconsistent. So I think he can work it out. I really do, and I hope he does. I think you know fans have been tough on him, and you know is that deserved? Yeah. Because he should be better. He's 20. He's a top prospect. He should be doing better in the AHL. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we'll get to some Instagram questions. We're going to have to pick and choose here. We're going really much longer than we thought. Uh, we talked about O'Reilly. We talked about O'Reilly. Uh, free agents. Uh, they're not going to draft Quinn Hughes first overall. Sorry. I really do like Quinn Hughes, though, but they're not going to draft him first overall. Uh, chances of trading for a top five pick slim to none. I really doubt that a team would be willing to trade out of the top five. Maybe if you like, if that Edmonton trade happens where they can trade to 10 and then maybe, you know, sweeten the pot a little bit, move up a few spots, but Mm -hmm. I highly doubt that. Okay. And then stabby five S worst decision. Taylor all for Adam Larson. Martin Erett for Philip Forsberg or Florida letting Marcus and Smith go to Vegas. And he says credit to uh, this John guy for the question. So what would you say? I say I'm Erett for Forsberg. Yeah, I agree. Erett for Forsberg is one of the worst trades of all time. Yeah, that is just. It's just mind blowing how bad that trade is. Forsberg is going to be in Nashville for. Many, many, many more years. Mm-hmm. And Martin Erad was in Washington for a cup of coffee, and I, I think he might have scored like one goal. Mm-hmm. You know, if Washington won the cup that year, maybe that's different. Like you can still have the silver line. Oh yeah, we won the cup, but like, like you still don't have Philip Forsberg, which is hilarious. I thought Erad played like nine games, and then next season he screwed off to the Czech League. Mm, I thought that's I think how it so. went. No, he went to the Coyotes. Oh, yes. wow. He played for the oh, Tanking boy. Coyotes. Yes, I remember. He was terrible. My goodness. No, now he's playing on a line Martin Neches and Berno in the Czech mm. Republic. Mm. Fun fact. Uh, Alex says, uh, chances on a scale of 1 to 10 laying John Tavares. 
Uh, we do this for O'Reilly and Ristolainen as well. Zero. I, I'll give it a two. Okay. Two. Yeah. Uh, no, a one. One. One point yeah. five. 1.5. I'll be a little generous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allison asks, why would we want to get rid of the best face-off guy in the league? He's slow. <laughs> well, uh... You need to make change. Like you can't. People are afraid of change, and you know that makes sense. But like you can't just roll out the same team every year and hope that things change. Because you you know what, things aren't going to change. You can't keep a guy if he just you know if he's just one dimensional. Yeah. And Ryan Riley scores. He does. He does. He does a lot of things. He had a good year last year. I mean, he had a rough start, but he still had what sixty points. Mm Hmm. And it's just about getting a bang for your buck and when it comes down to it you look at the the assets we have player wise and he is probably the most attractive so that's yeah. why you get rid of him i i think ristolainen would have more value on the trade market because his contract isn't terrible but you know i think they'd be more eager to trade o'reilly mm-hmm. okay and then max asks should the Sabres sign Sam Reinhart long-term or to a bridge deal? They could probably get him on a reasonable cap it if they go long-term, looking at the Predators and how they keep getting their young players on great deals, take the chance on the long-term deal. What do you think about that? You know, you look at uh, Victor Arvidsson, he signed that long-term deal. Like, I don't know, I don't have a contract in front of me, but it's, it's a great contract. Roman Yossi on a great contract. Ryan Ellis on a great contract. Matias, I call him on a great contract. They take the chances on these guys when they're young, mm-hmm. assuming that they're going to be good and going long term instead of a bridge deal. I think right. Max brings that up. I think that that's probably a good idea. You know, take the chance. You know, seven years, four point seven five million for Reinhardt. That's mm-hmm. if that deal's on the table. I think you should take it and. Maybe Reinhardt takes that deal too. I, you know, of course, he would probably want to battle for more money in that case. But you know, there's always the chance that you know you got the job security. You got seven years, and four point five million is still a lot of money. You know, maybe mm-hmm. he would take it. I don't know. I'm all for the bridge deal, just because. But then yeah. you look at PK Subban. He took the bridge deal. And then he wins the Norris Trophy, and then he's the highest-paid defenseman in the league. So what if Sam Reinhart signs a two-year deal, and then he scores, I don't know, 70 points, and then 80 points, and then you got to pay him 8 instead of 4.75, you know? Yeah. I see, You can't go based on what-ifs, I think. you you got to go based on what you've gotten so far. If, they, and... if they're confident that... The Sam Reinhardt in the second half of last season is the Sam Reinhardt you're going to get for the next many years. Go for the long term deal. Go for the long term. I mean, it it's a risk worth taking because, mm-hmm. like, worst case scenario, if Sam Reinhardt is on your third line making five million dollars, it's not that bad. The cap is going up steadily every year. Right. It's not going to be a bad contract if you sign him that long for that amount of money. Yeah. Like if you're giving Reinhardt a long term deal like that, you're not paying him eight million dollars. Like that's just not happening. Mm-hmm. And Reinhardt likes it in Buffalo, from to my knowledge. So yeah. maybe he would take a long term deal. 
Plus, you know, I think him being close with Jack is it'll go a lot further than people think in getting him resigned. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Okay, thanks for that question, Max. We appreciate that one. Uh, Dante asks, what can we do to improve the third and fourth lines? Because those were abysmal last year. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, pray that Justin Bailey, Nick Baptiste, CJ Smith, our prospects can actually contribute. That's all you can say. You got to draft yeah. well in the later rounds. I, yeah, you need more speed in the bottom six. That, that for one, you know, like Johan Larson has to be out of here. Mm-hmm. That's my number one. Adios, Johan. My number one is speed and less focus on, in fact, no focus on, on quote, grit, unquote. I say quote because those are not my words. I do not say that word. Uh, I think less focus on that and more focus on speed and skill. And it sounds, it's very vague, I know, but if, if, if you know it, you know it. Mm -hmm. You get what I mean? If you know that, you know, speed and skill when you see it. Yeah. And look at the Winnipeg fourth line, Brand Tanov, Adam Mm -hmm. Lowry, and I forget the other one on the line, but that's a great fourth line. I remember I watched, yeah, Andrew Cobb, I watched that. I watched game one of uh, the Nashville series. That was a great performance by them. I love that mm-hmm. fourth line. If Buffalo can replicate that in any way, I'd, I'd be very happy. Yeah, you know Scott Wilson. That's a great step because he's fast. He's yeah. energy player. He can chip in offensively here and there. You know, you need players like that. I love. I I will say this is my my episodic praise to Scotty Wilson. I love Scotty Wilson. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Good a player. player. You know, fifth-round pick, you know, it's a solid pickup from mm-hmm. Detroit. Okay, and we got a few more questions about Carolina. Should they get Jeff Skinner from Nate, Joe, and Bill? No, not Bill. Uh, Adam. We'll get to Bill last. Uh, you know, Jeff Skinner, I would love to have Jeff Skinner on team, but he has one year left That's and no-move clause. So he would, like, have to decide if he wants to come here or not. And would he extend? That's the big thing. I don't think I'd trade O'Reilly for Skinner one for one because Skinner's great. I really like Jeff Skinner, but he's got one year left, and then you could lose him for nothing. So then it's like you're getting nothing for Ryan O'Reilly. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Bill. Uh, always love Bill's support. He says, honestly, can we just compete for a playoff spot next season? <laughs> Easier said than done, but we'll end off on that. Uh, we appreciate all the support we've been getting as of late from you guys. Uh, we appreciate all the questions. Uh, if you enjoyed, we'd love to hear your feedback. Slide into our DMs on Instagram. Uh, you know, tweet us. We'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buff. You can follow me on Twitter at JoeTCBNHL. Where can they find you? I am Luke TCB. That is L-V-K-E on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, and if anything happens next week, we will be sure to record a podcast. But you know, it, it's the off season right now. There's not yeah. much to talk about. Maybe some more. We NHL go by stuff. the viewer, by the listeners' request, pretty much. That's how yeah, this episode. We've been getting be. a lot of requests for when the podcasts. demand is there, we supply. Yeah, supply yeah. and demand. Economics yes. one on one. Yep. Yep. So we'll be back, you know, in the next 
within the next two, three weeks. We'll be sure to get one out for you guys. But we'll see you in the next one. See ya. Bye, everyone.